you have your Bible, go with me to Proverbs chapter 3. I realized this morning when you um, go to Proverbs chapter 3, everybody says, okay, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. And so this morning I want to talk about Proverbs chapter 3, uh, and we will spend a little bit of time around 5 and 6, but I want to give you a chance to kind of look around of Proverbs chapter 3. I want to go more than just what your Sunday school time would be. We'll say, yeah, let's go 3, 5, and 6. I want to go uh, almost to 8 uh, this morning. And so in saying that, I, as we start this morning, I want us to think about this thought. Trusting God means honoring Him. This morning, I'm not going to give you probably anything earth-shaking new, but it's interesting that some of the things that we know, like Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, you probably can quote it, trust the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. But what interesting is, is when we say that scripture, we whip it off from memory, it's easy to say, trust in the Lord with all your heart. But will you honor Him with your choices? See, because you're going to get down to a word in verse 6 that says, acknowledge Him in, in, in everything. And that's where this whole honor concept comes out. See, it's one thing to say, yeah, Jesus, I know you. Yeah, Jesus... I I like you. Yes, Jesus, quote-unquote, I love you. But will you honor him with your life? And it's interesting when you come to Proverbs chapter 3, as you you look there, it says, My son, do not forget my teachings, but let your heart keep my commandments. And so this morning as we get started, there's a lot of things that we've forgotten over the years. Wouldn't it be kind of interesting if we went around and said, Okay, uh, how much have you really forgotten over the years? Um, and I, those are some just, you know, some information, fun fact information. But I think this is kind of interesting as you think about just the things that you've been instructed in over the years. I remember being in math class. And once it got to geometry, I didn't like it. Algebra 1 was okay. Algebra 2 was uh, somewhat all right. Then you got to trigonometry, and they're talking about infinity this way and infinity that way. And I, I just didn't understand all that. That's just great. Get into calculus and like, what? Who even thinks this way? I mean, there's nobody on this earth that thinks this way. But I'm sure there's a couple of you here, so I don't want to be mean to you. Um, Because some of you love math. It's not one of my passions. You know what's interesting? I remember being in the classroom and they started out with addition and subtraction and multiplication and division. You know what's really interesting? Two plus two is what? And it's never changed. Who said six? <laughs> Was it you again? Okay. All right. And out of all the years, two plus two is always four. And that's instruction that you've received since you've just been a little person. You know what's fascinating to me? Is that you don't go now as an adult and say, I really wonder if two plus two is four. But yet in a lot of other areas of our lives, we've been instructed. Now we're saying, God, well, I don't know if that's really true. But yet you'll never go to God and say, God, okay, I want you to change 2 plus 2 to 5. Because I really like that. And it'll really make society a whole lot of fun to change that around right now. But yet we're living in an opportunity in a world where nothing is held in absolute truth anymore. 
other than maybe something like math. They're starting to doubt things that happen in history. Well, this is what we want you to know about history. Now they're entering into our family and say, okay, let's define it this way. This is what a, a family is. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I was taught when I was a little boy, two plus two is four. A lot longer than I was a little boy. God said, this is the way a home will be established. Well, you know, I, I need, I'm a Christian, but I need to have a little fun. I don't sense any fun when Jesus was in the garden and said, not my will, but yours be done. I never see Jesus say, time out, Dad. I, I, I just need a little break from these people here. No, he was instructed before he came down. This is my Father's will. And as he walked on this earth, he followed that instruction. And so this morning as you come to Proverbs chapter 3 and you pick it up in the beginning, here's some words for you. My son... Do not forget my teachings, but let your heart keep my commandments. Now, as I think of of that passage of Scripture, it's fascinating that this writer wants to keep teaching and commandments together. And so as, as you read this morning, do not forget my teachings. So that's the first thing that I want you to see. Because it's amazing as the older you get, you would think you get wiser. But unless you're going after truth and unless you're taking, okay, Lord, I want to be instructed by, you know what happens? Most people do not get wiser. They get dumber because sin dumbs them down. So what was right 25 years ago, or 15 years ago, or 5 years ago, is no longer writing. Because we do not want to heed instruction. Because now we allow the heart to tell us what is right. Now we say, well, this is what, is what I think. It's, it's, just, it's about me, right? No, it's not. It's not about you. It's about a God who had a plan to send his best gift into the world. His name was Jesus. And Jesus sent that best gift so you would be, have an opportunity to be instructed. Yes, be forgiven of sins. Three days later he rose again. He died on the cross. Three days later he rose again. Now we have eternal life. We have hope this morning. Guess what? We have instruction too. So do not forget my, my instruction. Keep, my, keep your heart. Or have, let your heart keep my commandments. I won't go through all the passages of Scripture, but I'll just kind of mention them to you. Let's start, though, in Genesis chapter 6. So go to Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5. It's very important that we look at this heart thing. There's a lot of references to the heart as you go through Scripture, but I, I picked out a few. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continuing. Go to Deuteronomy. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6, pick it up in verse... Uh, four, we'll do four and five of Deuteronomy chapter six. 
Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Since you're in Deuteronomy, go to Deuteronomy chapter 10 and verse 12. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul? Now I want to go to you, take you to a passage of scripture. Go to 1 Kings chapter 11. Go to 1 Kings chapter 11. So just keep on going right in your Bible. Um, 1 Kings chapter 11. See, it's one thing to know commandments. It's another thing to keep them close to your heart. And I've shared with you this before, but I want you just to see this again. 1 Kings chapter 11, pick it up in verse 1. Now King Solomon loved many foreign women, along with the daughters of Pharaoh, Moabite, Amorites, Edenite, Sidian, and the Hittite women. For the nations concerning the Lord, he had said to the people of Israel, You shall not marry... You shall not enter into a marriage with them. Commandment. Neither shall they with you. For surely they will turn your heart away from. Or towards turn your heart away. After their God. Wait a minute, Solomon. You've been commanded not to marry for women. Why? Because they will turn your heart away from. So this morning you're sitting here, and now to go back to Proverbs chapter 3. So you're sitting here at Bible Fellowship as a, and we're gathered together as a family. My son, do not forsake my teachings, but let your heart keep my commandments. Why is that important? Look at verse 2. For the length of days and years of life and peace will be added to you. You want to live in rebellion? That's your opportunity. Your your days are numbered. You want to live a life of peace? Let your heart wrestle with the commandments of the Word of God. And not just be one of those individuals before you come to to Proverbs chapter 3 and you jump down to verses 5 and 6. Stop at verse 1 and say, hold on a second. How well are we doing receiving those commandments? How well are we doing remembering the instruction that we were told and not just having head knowledge? Oh yeah, I got this. I know that that's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, that's what I was supposed to do when I was a kid. But we're keeping those instructions close to our heart. Because you know what's something that's really fascinating? Your heart will determine most of your actions. So it's very important for you to allow instruction not just to get here, to get down into who you are because you will live out what goes on inside of who you are. In your heart. It's, and I'm not talking about this thing that's pumping blood around, okay? James is clear. Proverbs is clear in chapter 4, verse 23. Above all else, guard your what? Your toes? No. Guard your heart. Why? Because it's the wellspring. Because what goes on inside of here is going to eventually come out. In your words and in your actions. The next thing that I want you to see. Before we get to Proverbs chapter 3. And verse 5 and 6. Is verse 3. Read these words. 
Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablets of your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and me. I found this little picture. It says this. If you can't read the little heart there, it says, Love is more easily demonstrated than defined. Love is more easily demonstrated than defined. So what's interesting, as you come to Proverbs chapter 3, you get this, this, these words here, steadfast love. Let not steadfast love forsake you. What is that? What is steadfast love? Well, this morning, as we would, if we would pass the microphone around, probably you would talk about God's love for us. And then we could go through some passages of Scripture, be reminded how He demonstrated His love for us, healing the sick, casting out demons, raising Lazarus back to life, and we could go on with a lot of other things. And we could talk a lot about really kind of touchy-feely things that make us kind of feel good. Okay, but I don't believe the Proverbs in chapter 3 is what we're really talking about is this little feeling thing. I think this Proverbs is writing on to that somebody wants to pass on some intelligence and wisdom. You know what he wants them to know? The steadfast love of Christ. You know where the best picture of that is? The crucifixion. See, that wasn't just one little quick event. Oh, by the way, I want you to know that I love you. No, no. That was walking in front of Pilate, and as they mocked him and ridiculed him, and he had all the right answers, and he could have said whatever he wanted. He could have wiped them all out. He could have said, you know what, by the way, I want 10,000 angels to show up right now, and I'm going to shut Pilate up right here, right now. You know why he didn't do that? Because he wanted you to understand what steadfast love was all about and he wanted to demonstrate it to you. You remember as you go through the book of Matthew, they place a crown of thorns and they just force it onto his head and they got another individual that's just beating him. Oh, hail, king of the Jews! And, oh, by the way, who hit you? Oh, I know your name. And I can stop your heart right now if I choose to, but I don't. You know why? He wanted to demonstrate to you the steadfast of love He had for you. You know why? Because Romans chapter 5, verse 8 is very clear. God demonstrated His love towards you and that while you were yet what? Sinners. Christ died for you. He could have painted it in the sky. He could have wrote it on the ground. He could have made it in the middle of the Grand Canyon. God loves you. No, He didn't do it that way. 2,000 years ago, he sent his best gift to be made fun of and mocked. And that best gift didn't say, by the way, I want this feeling about love and I want to feel good and I want to be happy. No, the best gift stretched out his arm and said, go ahead, you can nail me to the tree. And then the other arm. And then the feet he placed over. He placed them over. There was not enough Roman soldiers big enough to hold his feet down. He laid them over. And he allowed the spike to go through his body so that you would know what steadfast love meant. He demonstrated it for you. You know what's interesting? He didn't just stop with his steadfast love. The writer of the proverb wants you to know another word. Faithfulness. And we could spend some time talking about faithfulness. I thought about the story of Moses where God put him in the basket and God allowed him to live. And then when Moses was 40, 
he decided to kill an Egyptian because they were beating a Jew. And God just didn't say, oh, hey, by time out, Moses, you just really messed up my plan. And you're not supposed to kill people, by the way. No, Moses in all of his wisdom buried an Egyptian in the sand. And the wind came, and then the Jewish people said, oh, you're gonna, now you're going to kill us too? And then God sent him away to exile. God said, you know what, Moses, I'm not done with you yet. He sent a burning bush. He said, Moses, i got a plan for your life. And Moses went on with excuses, and God said, Moses, I'm created. I am, and I want to use you. And you know what he did? He used plagues to demonstrate his power. He allowed Moses to walk out of Egypt, plundering the Egyptians. He allowed Moses to get to the Red Sea. And as the nation of Israel complained, and Moses didn't know what to do, he cried out to his God, and God said, by the way, I want you to walk across on dry ground, Moses. While Moses was up getting the Ten Commandments, there's a group of people that really didn't listen to instruction. And they weren't really interested in the steadfast love of their God, even though they they had seen power demonstrated with ten plagues, and they had seen the power walking across dry ground in the Red Sea. What, a million of them? And they turned around to look. If you go back to look at Exodus 15, they turned around and look. Guess what? The horses and rider, they're in the bottom of the water, by the way. They drown. They're dead. And they're singing in Exodus chapter 15, Oh yeah, God, you're my warrior. Go a little bit farther, and they're saying, Well, I think we need a golden calf. Let's go and just make us a golden calf. Let's worship that. I wonder how that tasted after they had to eat it. Do you know something this morning? I am excited about God's faithfulness, but you better mark this down. What he says, he will do. What he says, he will do. You know what he's told us? That one day we will meet him face to face. And there's going to be a time where you're going to realize and say, by the way, how well did you follow instruction? How well did you accept this steadfast love of this amazing God towards you that you said, you know what, you're faithful. And I will look you in the eye one day. So this morning, now, we will go to the passage that you know well. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. And you read these words. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. Verse 7. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh And refreshment to your bones. Have you ever read 7 and 8 after you've read 3, 5, and 6? I think we need to. Because this morning I realized that I'm not going to blow you away by saying anything about trusting the Lord with all your heart and leaning not on your understanding. But look at verse 6. This is very interesting. In all your ways, there's the word, acknowledge. And I started to think about acknowledge. And I think one of the things that there's a temptation for Christians to do is to sit in the building and say, yep, Jesus, that cross is incredible. And my life will never be the same because you died on the cross. And we acknowledge it like, oh, we know it's there. But I don't believe as you read in Proverbs chapter 3 
that that's what he's talking about. Just acknowledging, oh yeah, it's there. We nod our head, you know. So-and-so walked in, oh yeah, there's so-and-so over there, hello, hi, we nod them. Oh, somebody else, oh yeah, we acknowledge them over there. No, no. I believe as you read this word, you should be thinking about accepting his ways. I believe we need to be thinking about, okay, God, how am I going to agree with you in this? God, how am I going to support what you say is true? God, how am I going to yield to you that you are right? God, what am I going to do to allow the Word of God? I'm going to accept this. I'm going to acknowledge it. I'm going to allow this thing to be part of who I am and not what I know. Because there's a temptation, because there's this battle going on inside of us. And it's called a sin nature. And there's a temptation to be, verse 7, Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. There's a temptation for us to be wise in our own eyes. And you know, I I like um, sometimes to talk about middle school students and high school students. And you know, they really don't do a great job of asking advice or for wisdom or whatever. You know what's interesting? The older you get, the easier it is just to keep on figuring out life on your own, isn't it? You just think, you know what, I I think I can figure this out. I think I'll go about it this way. And there's a temptation for us to say, okay, God, I want to go in this direction. But there should be inside of us something saying, red light, red light, red light, red light, except what I say is true. You learn that as a commandment. Yield to what you know is right. Yes, I know there's evil over there, but if you're going to be wise in your own eyes, you really need to turn and go a different direction, not walk right towards evil thinking that you can handle this. I don't know where you are this morning. I don't know what, what, what you come in here with. But if you're the individual that's wise in your own eyes, Those people who are around you are going to get hurt. And I couldn't find a real good picture of saying, you know what, it's really going to cost you to be wise in your own eyes. And I don't like needles, so I freak out when I see needles. So anywhere you're, if you're around a needle, I'm usually standing over there. Um, I'm not, I don't like, I, I mean, that's a cost factor. You know, if I have to get a shot, it's a big deal. But can I just be honest with you for a second? If you're wise in your own eyes, the people that you say you love are going to pay the price. And it's really easy to come and sit in the building and say, yeah, Lord, I trust you. I trust the Lord with all my heart. But when was the last time you acknowledged him with your ways? When was the last time you said, okay, yep, whoa, time out, pause. I didn't yield very good there. When was the last time you said, I need to accept the steadfast love of my Savior instead of trying to go around and earn it in another way? God doesn't care about what your salary package is. God doesn't care about your job title. God doesn't care about where you've been or what you've done. Because it was never about any of those things. He wanted to demonstrate His love for you before you did anything. He demonstrated His steadfast love for you. Have you received it? And be honest with you. 
I didn't ask you if you earned it. I asked you if you received it. Have you accepted his love so that you will no longer look to the things of this world to give you value? put three things on this screen because that's what they say you're supposed to do people if they see it and hear it they remember some more of it you know what's really interesting it's been right in front of you all these years you've owned the Bible but will you listen to it I mean, think about it. How would Highlands County be different if we would just put into practice Proverbs 3, 5, and 6? When we went to our Heavenly Father and said, yeah, you are my Father. You have a steadfast love for me. You are faithful. Oh, yeah, I remember when I was taught in Sunday school class about that guy by the name of Jonah. Yeah, he wanted to go in that direction, but God wanted him to go in a different direction. So God was powerful enough to send a big fish, and for three days, he's down in the belly of the whale. Red light, you might want to go in one way, but God wants you to go in a different direction. He'll get you where he wants you to go. And you might not like it. And it doesn't matter. He'll send you down to the bottom to bring you back to the top. So that you say, okay, I'm wrong. So how many of the things that we've been involved in the circumstances where God's saying, hey, by the way, I want to get your attention. And we're so arrogant. They say, I don't, I, don't need, I don't need instructions. Oh, I got this all figured out, really. And your heavenly father sitting in heaven saying, well, there they go again. I died on the cross for them. I wanted them to know their value. I wanted them to know that they were loved. I wanted them to be able to trust my faithfulness. But you say, I don't need it because you've got life figured out. Is it really all because of Jesus? Have you grasped this morning that he gave you breath? You know you have a reason to sing? No matter what circumstance you entered in here this morning? That you have a purpose? You have a plan? You have the Father that says, hey, I'm going to send you through some circumstances, but I'll be there with you. You're never alone. It's never too big. Why? Because of your job, because of your title, because of where you live, because of your family, because of your last name, because of where you work, because of your 4013B? Oh, you don't have 401. That's just for us. 403, whatever. That's pastor stuff. Or because he's your father and he's faithful. And 2,000 years ago, your father said, Hey, by the way, I want you to know something. I want to be your dad. I want a relationship with you. I'll give you my son. When was the last time you yielded? As a son and daughter to the king of kings. When was the last time we broke a chain? Because God did something inside of us. 
We weren't going to take that on to the next generation. So guys, start with us. When we come face to face with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, guess what? Homes are changed. Generations are changed. When we just walk into a building and say, yep, the words are in front of me, but it really doesn't matter, guess what? You're really telling your son you don't love him. You're really telling your wife you're not important to me. Because I, I really don't need anything. When it's right in front of you. Or when you open the book and say, okay, I'm here for instruction today, Father. What do you have for me? Oh, I want you to know, son, that I love you today. I want you to know, son, I, I don't, I want to give you some instruction because that will be the best thing for you. I want you to know, son, I'm faithful. And one day you will look me Eyeball to eyeball. I'll end with this. I have a calendar in the office trying to look at things from a bigger perspective. So one day this little girl walked into the office and saw my calendar. This little girl just picks up my little marker and she goes and puts every one of her friend's birthday on that calendar. And then if I had done something that she couldn't read on that calendar, then she erased it and wrote it so that she could read it with better handwriting. And I love it. And you can go look at my calendar. It's got all kinds of people's birthdays and, you know, guinea pigs' birthdays and all kinds of stuff. Runnies on my calendar. Runnies' birthdays on that calendar. Why did I tell you that? Because your name is on the calendar. When he says your breath is done. Guess what? You will not add one minute, one second, or one hour to that calendar because he's faithful. So you better not forget his teachings. You better grab on to the steadfast love of your God and his faithfulness. And you better trust him with your whole heart. And don't lean to your own understanding. Because if you become wise in your ways, guess what? We suffer. So do a life check today. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word that is laid out in front of us. And Holy Spirit, now we depend on you. We depend that you do something in individual hearts so when they walk out of here, they don't walk out the same way that they walked in. And you're the only one that can do it. There's no magical little one, two, three, four. It's dependence on you. So, Father, thank you for preserving your word for all these years. Thank you, Jesus, for demonstrating your love towards us. Now, Holy Spirit, take the word and do something inside of us that will never that we'll be never be the same. May you change us from the inside out. Because we listen to instruction. Because we accepted your steadfast love and your faithfulness. Because we just didn't memorize a verse when we were kids saying that trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding. In all your ways, we choose to honor you. We choose to ask for help to honor you. 
because we know you resist the proud, but you give the grace to the humble. So whenever you're ready to call our name, may we have invested well on this earth so that when we look you face to face, we hear you say, well done. Because that's what you deserve. And that's what a humble heart would want. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day.